Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The Law of Action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you here. Living the Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action. And I love to connect with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts, taking inspired action every single day. If it's your first time joining us or you've been listening for a while, I want to personally thank you for listening in and being here. On this show, my guests, they are incredible. People who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of inspired action. My guest today, he does just that. In this episode, Darius Russ and I discuss how your past is not a representation of your future endeavors. I'm excited about having that discussion. If you want to have a strong mentality in adverse environments, decimate fear. Love that. We're going to decimate fear and harness and corral every single opportunity. Action takers, this is the show for you. Darius Ross, a 35-year veteran of entrepreneurship and real estate, real estate investing, brokerage sales, property management and acquisition, a whole lot of stuff. Through those struggles, he used those transitional guerrilla skills to create a lucrative business and become a philanthropist and social activist who has fought and been a spokesperson for the following causes, the estate taxes, the minimum wage, the pre-K program in New York City, and the millionaire tax. Darius has also won numerous Who's Who awards and has been a past member of Carnegie Hall Junior Board, among the other civic boards. And Darius, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. It is a pleasure, Zach, because I'm looking forward to our show today. My pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So I like this. So, you know, you've done so much and people get stuck by fear. So I love how we talked about decimate fear. And I, I also am excited to talk about how. Your past is not a representation of your future endeavors. So tell me a little bit more your philosophy on that. I guess the first thing of it is when it comes down to fear, my first, as I say, I go back to childhood about the age of probably 14. And I had a mailbox that was probably maybe six or seven blocks away from the house. And every single day there was a dog that chased me. He was inside a fence, but he was so big, he chased me every day. So one day I got tired. I'm like, you know what? Today I'm not going to run. So the dog looks at me and he's rough. And I guess he's saying either he's crazy or he's insane. Does he realize how big I am? He's rough, rough, rough. And I stopped running. I just walked past him. And he just looked at me as if he nodded his head as if to say, either you're crazy or you lost your mind. I don't know which one it is. After that, it became respect. So I started realizing the moment that you get tired of being tired, uh, Fannie Lou Hammer said it best, then you will change the direction of where your life is going. But you got to be tired of being tired. You got to be tired of the aggravation, tired of the flustered. And just tired in general of all the things that are happening to you because you got to say, you know what, I've got to take some position or take some type of work in my mind and realize that it's all in my mind. It's not the fact of the fears, but it's in my mind. Right. Yeah. One of the things, you know, it's amazing how some people have to really crash and burn 
before they can learn their life's lessons. And you look at some people and they're like, wow, you've, you've, you've fallen pretty, you know, you're, you've hit rock bottom. And they're like, nope, I could go farther. And it's, it's amazing Mm -hmm. what it takes. And you try to help and you try to be supportive. And then there's the other thing. If they're a close family member or a friend, there is the enabling part. You don't do them any justice. You serve them not well than to give them, to enable them. And that's one of the hardest things for people. And, you know, I love, I love how you say where you just, what did you say? You said, uh, repeat it for you said, you said talking. No, when you're too, you're tired of being tired. That's right. See, the thing about that is when you're tired of being tired and you start looking at the accountability of it all. So I've dated women that were going through the process of, um, if you want to call it substance abuse right. and those kind of things. The bottom line of it is, as you just said, you become a co-conspirator to the bottom line. So you have to actually bottom out, whereas you're no longer in it, your mind's no longer in it. Everything is gone from you and every ounce of your spirit is gone. That's the moment when you decide to change. For the person that's going through it, the moment they decide to change, when they realize there's nobody else there to help them, then they will make an adjustment or it's death. It's like one of the two. You either take death or you take the adjustment. And there's people that have a strong will to live will take the will to live because they're tired. Right. Exhaust. Yeah, I kind of look at it this way. So I had a near death experience. I was caught in a rip current and I, and you mm-hmm. swim and you swim and you swim and you swim. And there was a point in time where I'm like, okay, let's see how much more energy I can expend or float. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. think I can get any lower. And it, there's that point. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. it's, it's difficult to hit that. Why is it, do you think? that people have so many different levels that some people learn their lessons before they ever get anywhere near devastation in their life. And there's other people that literally have to blow up everything around them for them. And I'm not talking about someone who is, uh, is, you know, in regards to drugs or uh, substances, that's not, I'm just talking about just in general people of why they have Mm -hmm. to fall so hard. I'll give you a better way of looking at it. It comes down to faith and religion. See, folks that really don't understand religion in its truest sense, faith is a strange thing. It's like you can't define it. You can't, you know, outline it or whatever else. And I grew up as a Catholic. And one of the things of it is, is that it's very interesting. When you have faith, it's like God says to you, okay, now at some point in time, we lost each other. You lost the journey. He was still there. So at that point in time, it's like, all right, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And sometimes a lesson for some folks when they have this certain level of faith, a certain level of consistency with religion. I'm not saying they have to be a church go every day, but they just right. have to understand faith. He hits them with something real hard, right? And it's like, okay, they say your arms are too short to box with God. So you're looking down <laughs> on your face and you're like, all right, I get it. Okay, I get it. I truly get it, right? He hits you real hard. One of those white hooks like Mike Tyson. Yeah. You've been sitting down like, oh, wow, wow. Now for others, he can hit you a thousand times. Nothing. Those are the people that have to either reach the end or they have to meet the Grim Reaper. It's one of the two. They just don't get it. But those that understand will stop because they realize, okay, enough is enough. I get it. I hear you. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's interesting in this conversation is how difficult it is as being a family member or a friend and Mm -hmm. wanting to help them. And by helping them, you're hurting them. Like that's Mm That's 
you're just keeping them just afloat. Like you're giving them a life jacket and there's just a float and then you take it away from them or they push it away because that's what they do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so painful. I have a lot of friends that are going through this with their, their adolescents, you know, not an adolescence, but they're 20, 25, 28 year old kids. And it's devastating because they, they want to help and they can't help because they don't want to enable because they have to get on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. And see, the tricky part about that is the decisions and the consequences. See, I had to deal with that myself with my own. At the end of the day, one of the most powerful things was, was that I was a disciplinarian, focused on discipline because that's what my dad right. was. So here's my son wiling out and he's just wanting to do his own thing. But then when he got back home and his mom had to realize, okay, good cop, bad cop. All of a sudden, when she became both cops, it was a trial and tribulation change. At that point in time, it's like, okay, Al's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to work. He's going to maintain school and everything else. But with me, it was complete rebellion because I'm the tough guy. So he's going back home. And then mom explained to him, this is the bottom line. It's either me or the streets. So he shaped up. So the point of it is sometimes people have to understand the decisions and the consequences. And we as parents or we as loved ones or whatever else have to make the decision. We have to either let them go to the very bottom and accept the consequences, which might not be nice. Right. It could be incarceration. It could be death. But it's either going to be them or us because your soul can only take so much yeah. when you're getting it drained constantly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing about today's society is the way that the the 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 26, 27-year-olds mm-hmm. have just mm-hmm. devastated their lives and they are mm-hmm. expecting and they feel that they are owed mm-hmm. by their parents mm-hmm. to be taken mm-hmm. care of. And then and then That's the conversation right. is, well, I'm an adult. Okay, well, if you're an adult, That's you right. wouldn't be living here and you'd be on your own. You'd have a job. That's right. And it's, it's a very, it's a very stressful. I've, I know of a lot of friends that are going through this right now and it is, it is gut wrenching for them to like, well, I have money. I could just make all their dreams come true. I could just wave the magic wand and it's all taken care of. Get them a hotel, get them a, get them a place to live, get them a car, get them this, get them that. And I go, here's the thing. And this is the conversation that we've had. I go, what if you're not there? What if something happens and you're not there? If they're not, if they're not enabled to take care of themselves, it's inevitable what's going to happen. And you're not there forever because at one point in time, you're going to look and you're going to tell your child is like, this is enough. Uh, this is not good for me. I, I can't move forward this way. You're going to have to move out. And that, and that's what happens. See, see, here's the tricky part about that though, which, most parents don't really understand. The issue of the hour is you're looking back, like I said, my father's a disciplinarian right. and his thing was, you're only going to get so much and that's it. Okay. You try to turn around and I went through that. You try to turn around and say to your kid, I'm going to make your life better. Right. I'm going to make it better you're because not. those of us that are the blue right. generation, right. we made it right. Yeah. But here's the problem. The problem with it is, is the goals that we set. We don't set goals for them. Right. Okay? We don't say, if you don't reach this threshold or this milestone, then this help stops. What ends up happening is we create, unfortunately speaking, a situation that we're going to last forever. And then when the real world hits them, it's like, wait a minute now, the real world is not supposed to play this way. That was mom and dad. That's not the real world. That's fantasy land. Reality check sets in now. 
Yeah, because I didn't get anything, man. I moved out when I was 15 years old. I moved back in my mom when I was 18 yeah. years old because I was at a job yeah. across the country in Denver, went back to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you got 30 days. I'm like, I I I'm your son. Right. She goes, you got 30 days. <laughs> and one week went That's away right. and I had no, I had nothing. <laughs> Two weeks went away uh -huh. and she goes, I'm mm -hmm. kicking your ass out. You, you have to find That's a spot. Right. And I'm like, you're not going to kick That's me right. out. She goes, oh, no. I don't know you shit. Yes, you are. You're right. out. And so That's I'm right. like, I believed her. And the problem is mm -hmm. what happens is we have these conversations and they're living with us and they're like, I'm going to kick you out. And then we don't kick them out. And then they know. That's right. And they're like, you know what? You're full of shit. Mm -hmm. You're not going to kick us out. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like I said, I got a few friends in the, in this situation and, and they're really close and they're like, and the conversation is, this is not good for me. Because I think mm -hmm. the kids don't realize the impact emotionally and, and, and stress wise on the parents. And, and it's, it, it hurts. It's even more painful than that because you're thinking to yourself, and I mean, I know I did it for mine. You're thinking to yourself, if you go and do all these right. things, they're going to be you. See, we have to take ourselves out of the right. equation. They're not right. Us. Right. They didn't come from that same cloth. Right. Oh, I know. Oh. Yeah, uh, we definitely, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> it, I was disciplined even when I was, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. Incredibly thankful mm -hmm. for that because I'm extremely dis mm -hmm. disciplined. I have an incredible work ethic. Um, I take care of my, mm -hmm. I take care of my biz, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so let's talk about that. So there's, there, there's, since we're down the, the, the kid route, um, a lot of them think, well, you know, oh, I've been a screw up now and they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So they may have made mistakes in the past. So how does one understand that the past is not a representation? Cause they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. All they see is like, I, this is me. How do they, see? cause I tell people all the time. So I was going to say this. So one of the things that I always tell people is that your life can change like that. In my case, it was my daughter. She had brain surgery and four strokes and coma. Mm -hmm. Me, I had a blood clot, almost died. She almost died, just like that. And I, I tell people, you know, everybody thinks when I say your life can change just like that at a moment's notice and on a dime, they always go negative. It can also change just like that and go incredible, whether it's the dream job, whether it's the, the, whatever it is, the dream business that you've discovered someone, whatever it is. And people tend to go to the negative as opposed to the positive. However, the negative is possible and the positive is possible. And you get to decide and be aware of that, but you have to be able to overcome your past and not let it know that it's going to drive you into the future. I think the number one thing of it is, is consistency. Yeah. You have to decide at some point in time that your life has more meaning than like some people that say, and I shouldn't really say it this way, but they get to the point of suicide, right? And they say, okay, I'm going to do right. this. Now, those that are bit so fast on it, they're going right. to do it. There's no if right. and buts about it. They're going to find right. a way. But those that are just playing with it, they'll call you up and say, hey, I'm thinking about it. They're not really on right. that point. So the point of it is being able to get to the point to understand that your life changes based upon two things. It's what you think.
and it's repositioning how you think because it's just like repurposing content when you're a blogger or whatever right. else. If you repurpose all the negativity that you did and you say, okay, well, I was used to smoking weed and all these kind of things. Okay, well, the same effort that it took to smoke the weed was the same effort that it took to turn around and create a content, create a business, create some type of different right. situation. But it just takes you repurposing what you've been doing all this time because a lot of that is negativity. And it's based upon the people that you've been around. If you start cutting the circles out, even if it's you know family members or friends, carving away at that. If you start carving away at all the things that have caused this thing to happen, you start looking around, you start seeing that you're part of the problem. You're the biggest part yeah. of the problem because you don't understand that you have been surrounded by negativity. You surrounded by all types of carnage and even things that are past experiences. You know, if you're 18 years old and it's a past experience, it's now time to seek out help and resolve that right. problem versus keep on saying, I'm still going through the same right. struggles. It's not the same struggles. You're 18 now. You're not 14 anymore, whatever that's exactly. was. And, you know, I, I have this conversation with many people is that your life is your life based on the circumstance, not based on the circumstances, but based on mm -hmm. the decision that you have made in your life. You're mm -hmm. responsible. Like, own that. Mm -hmm. You, your life, whether it's mm -hmm. good or bad, is based on every decision you've ever made. Whether you didn't go get a job because you wanted to go out dancing and you want to go out with your friends and you just wanted to sleep in because you didn't want to go to your job and those decisions. And with that, it's the freedom of, and it's not the blame, but with that is the freedom that if you're responsible and you're going down a wrong path, you're responsible and you can go down a different path and the path of enlightenment of like, I am just tired of being tired. Mm-hmm. Well, the other part about that is freedom's not free. That's a very interesting word that people throw around. I'm free. I'm free to do what I want to do. I'm an adult. Well, here's the problem. None of that's free. Every consequence, every action that you take, it has a counter Absolutely. action, has a counterweight, has a counterbalance. So if you make a decision today, there's going to be a consequence tomorrow, good and or bad. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Right. Freedom's not free. You're going to pay for that one way or the other. <laughs> that fancy car is $1,000. Yeah. That apartment that you want is going to yeah. cost. The girls that you want going to cost. Everything. E everything. And right. it's, it's interesting about the freedom part is that whew, it, it, it's, it's so amazing. And I, I guess we were born in a generation where it just kind of like we get it. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it breaks my heart to see so many young people. And I'm talking even as close to 30 that just. Mm -hmm think like i have a family member that lived with his mom until he was 43 years old mm -hmm. and he was okay with that and mm -hmm. you know what his comment was he's like i'm just waiting for her to die and i'm just gonna get this house i'm never have to move out <laughs> yeah Wow. <laughs> but you see, part of that problem with it is, is that's the entire Exactly. Exactly. And in that, in that entitlement, the issue of the hour is, is that what if she lives longer than you right. do? Now right. what? Well, the thing is, it's that's devastating. It was devastating for her because she was struggling back and forth of, of the um, just embarrassment of having a 43 year old son living in her house 
Mm-hmm. And she paid for all of his bills. Mm-hmm. He got into legal trouble. She mm-hmm. paid for all of that. And, you know, the mm-hmm. attorneys and this and everything trying to protect. And so he never could fail. And finally, mm-hmm. um, it just got so bad that he had to leave. And it's, it's, it was very, very devastating for that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time that we live in with the sense of entitlement that, that is surrounding us. Well, see, the difference, I guess, of it is they didn't experience what uh, we experienced. My dad used to call it shock and awe. And the process was, okay, if you go to jail, you will get shocked. Yeah. If you don't have any money and you screw up, it's going to be awe. So no matter what you do, <laughs> it's going to be a reality check. Yeah. And so when you get that reality check, when help doesn't show up, because he was always in that way, if I got in any trouble, he wasn't coming. Never went to court, never went right. to anything. So whatever you did, you were ass out. That's just the way yeah. it was. So when you realize after a while, it's like, he ain't showing up. You stop doing the things you were doing because you start thinking about, this is a problem. Yeah, And, what's, and therefore, that's yeah. it. And what's interesting about that is that, you know, the kid would say, oh, you don't love me, dad. And actually, it must have been brutal for him to take that stand for you to be mm-hmm. the man that you are. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, eventually I think, I think all, you know, the twenties and the, the early thirties will finally realize how difficult it is. Um, but yeah. And, you know, it's important that people have, you know, the strong mentality and they should have the ability to overcome this. And there's always adverse environments that we're surrounded by. And, you know, how would mm-hmm. someone who's in a situation that so we're talking about adolescents or teens, I probably adolescents and, or young adults, I guess it would be young adults, but are they adults is how do they decimate the fear to know I need to fly the nest? I mean, all birds, they just kick their ass out. Boom. You're out, you know, fly. I'm not going to fly, but you're flying. I think one of the biggest things with that is, uh, the best experience I can define for that was, was my dad left when he left the house and he left all the problems there for me to deal with. Now, a year before then, now this is interesting The year before then I got into a bit of a bind and I'm sitting in jail, looking out the window and he was waving from the train. Goodbye. Okay. And that was a shocker. So when I got back, then a year later, he was gone. He was leaving everything behind. Now within this time period, here is the gas, the lights, the phone, the water, everything is shut off. Because he's like, I ain't paying nothing else. So now all of a sudden, the young lion has to become the yeah. lion. Reality check sets in. And so the thing that I say to any young person is don't wait until the parent gets to a point in time where if you're not ready, you will be shocked. Right. Because eventually every person gets to that threshold point of they've had enough. Now, for the person that's actually in the mix, take advantage of the time now while mom and dad are right. helping you. And reposition yourself. Don't sit there and be like, All right, I'm going to watch TV you know, every day. I'm going to watch really TV care. and hang with my friends right. and, and you know, get on right. TikTok or whatever they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's right. If they're buying you the new car, then take advantage of the new car right. and go get a job. If they're supporting your bills and getting you through school, at least get the education. Don't hang out right. and you know, right. forget about it. At least do something productive while you have the assistance, because we have this thing that we say in uh, a bunch of different organizations I belong to. It's called resource generation. And we talk about people that are wealthy. And one of the biggest things of it is pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. So while you have the boot and the strap, start walking. Don't wait until you're forced to, but cool is gone. Yeah, because it's a lot harder. I mean, you, you, you're, I I I go back to the, you know, in Mm -hmm. the, in the ocean, you're sitting there and you're struggling. I got a life raft for you. 
You're in the life raft. You still got to get mm-hmm. to the boat. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit mm-hmm. there and float around. You still got, you know, there's sharks around you. You've got to, you've got to start right. being in action and paddling the life raft to get mm-hmm. to thrive. I mean, that's all parents want is mm-hmm. to watch our children thrive. Yeah. We, we want them self-sufficient. You know, it's the most beautiful thing when you see your child fly and, and soar and, and, and live their life. One of the um, problems is that it's what I call the syndrome of fullness. I was down in Louisiana uh, about 20 years ago, and I saw the feeding of alligators, right. right? Now, most people don't realize this. You can kill an alligator once he's been fed because he goes into a state of inertia. It's just right. like he's just rolling over there. You can go walk out there and kill him with your bare hands. Right. But this is what happens. In this state of inertia, people do the same thing. You get comfortable. Right. And when you get comfortable, everything is good. You should always stay empty stomach, unfed, because you'll always be hungry for the next goal. When you don't have any hunger and you don't have any hunger pains and you haven't had the peanut butter sandwich, jelly, minus the peanut, then you can't appreciate hunger. Yeah. That's part of the problem is we as parents, we have to make sure the kids stay hungry. Because every once in a while, you got to turn around and say, I'm not buying groceries this week. Why not? Because you need some money. Where am I get the money from? That's your problem. Right, right. Okay? You start changing things up, people start thinking right. different. You know, that was a reality check for a lot of Hollywood A-list celebrities. Because they mm-hmm. had always had this gravy train of money coming in. The pandemic mm-hmm. hit. And they were all becoming mm-hmm. irrelevant. And they had no new projects coming in. That's right. And they, they spend their money right. like crazy. Millions and millions of dollars. That's right. And... You know that you know I'm a voice actor. You see my my voiceover artist shirt, and mm-hmm. I, I talk to my agent all the time. And you know these actors and actresses, and and I'm one of them. I didn't do this, thank God. But you know you score a big national account, and the mindset mm-hmm. that he gave me, he said, "Look, this is a this is a lottery. You won the lottery. It's a big job. It's a union. You know you get paid. It's right. and, and there's multiple, and it was great. The one thing he told me, he goes." Pretend that you don't have that job anymore because it will end. And the mindset is for most actors, um, just in this field is that they think it's never going to end and it it does end. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been, I've been fortunate. Some of my clients I've had, you know, big national clients I've had for over 10 years. I mean, I have a, I have a client, um, that I've been doing voice work for and I can't even almost. 28 years, one client that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. And that's right. You know, I had a big job, big job, big, big job. And, um, it went a different direction. Like I thought I had, I had it. Mm-hmm. I went to LA. I did the commercial, mm-hmm. big national TV mm-hmm. commercial, did mm-hmm. it. And they, they mm-hmm. call it to my agent. And I got a call as I was leaving the studio. They're like, yeah, you're, you're not the guy. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you, they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. They didn't want you. They wanted someone else. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. You know, cause <laughs> you, you know, and, right. and so, but it was good yeah. because I thank God have that mentality of that. It doesn't last forever. I'm always churning and burning. I never hold, you know, right. I have multiple streams of income because of you never That's know it. what's going to happen. You know, I was talking to, I'm sure you're familiar with the Miracle Morning. 
with Hal Elrod. Okay. Yes. So Hal Elrod and the Miracle mm-hmm. Morning and Honorary Quarter, a friend of mine, uh, she's been co-authoring those books all in the series and I'm the narrator for those. And I was on a, mm-hmm. a, a okay. show with her and we were interviewing and we were talking about, she has like 69 streams of income, different streams of income. Like it's yes. amazing. So we were talking and I have mm-hmm. a lot of streams of income. I have my voiceover. I have residual income from this and this and this and this and this and this. And mm-hmm. when the pandemic happened, it was interesting because things that were doing really well did really poor. And some of the things that were not doing really well, they grew. And had I not had those mm-hmm. other opportunities, it would have been really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said. You, you can't put your eggs well, in one basket. A, that's the point of being able to pivot, you know, as a true entrepreneur. <laughs> Or that Absolutely. pivot principle. See, so many entrepreneurs focus on, they build a business, right? And they figure they have phantom stock and they have the newspapers and the magazines and all the wonderful things. But what they forget yeah. is you need to now get into venture capital. You need to get into marketing. You need to make sure that you're smart enough to look at diversification of buying someone else's right. assets, um, looking at things as trademarks, copyrights, on and on. They only focus on their one business. And then when something happens, everything yeah. is decimated. And that's what they have to understand. It's time to be able to pivot on a dime. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things is important in that is in balancing your life. Now, you've been really successful. How have you balanced your family life with your business life? A lot of people that are successful in business, it's 95% business and 5% family. I I feel, and looking at you and just the energy that I'm getting from you is that you're very balanced in that and that family has been important for you and that you have done both and you have been uh, someone who set boundaries has that. Is that true? Agreed. What I've done is I found that I went down that rabbit hole and went hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent, two hundred percent of focusing on nothing but the business. But here's what I found out: at the end of the day, the business can become toxic to you at some point in time because this is all you do. You don't have any other activities or anything else, so you have to change up and create right. other activities that suffice for all that adrenaline that you have and so forth. Plus, you have to realize your age. You can't compete with the youngsters anymore. So once you get in those 50s, uh, this is a game changer. You can't stay up all night. You can't grind 200 hours a week. So that changes things. The cell phone has to be disattached from your ear. The tablet has to be disattached. Every single morning, you don't get up and look at it. Sometimes you just do your morning ritual, exercise, whatever else, and then look at it. But don't make it like everything has to be focused on that. And then the other part about it is, as you enter a business is how you exit. So think about entrance and exit at the same time. Don't focus so much on building a business. Build it, but build it with the continuity of I'm going at some point, I'm not being immortal and I need another life. Your hobbies. What are those hobbies? Develop I love something. it. Yeah, it's it's so important. You know, one of my messages is that you live every day like you want to be alive. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been I've been sharing this with a lot of people. I came up with this the other day and I think it's really powerful. People say, I don't know what's important in my life. I just don't know. I, I just don't know what's important. Well, as someone who's faced some near-death experiences is you don't immediately, the first thing you think of is regret is who you didn't get to see, who you don't get to talk to. None of Mm -hmm. the, Oh my God, I don't get to drive my Lamborghini one more time. I don't get to swim in my million dollar (laughs) pool. None of that's important. And so Mm -hmm. when you have that balance Mm -hmm. and you know, um, it's a lot easier. And so I came up with this, it's the 60 minute conversation. And that is, You're welcomed into Mm -hmm. a room. You're told to sit down. You're handed an envelope Mm -hmm. and you open up the envelope and it says, Mm -hmm. Darius, 
You have 60 minutes to live. What are you going to do? Choose wisely. And immediately, let me tell you, you know Mm -hmm. exactly what's important in your life. Like, immediately, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had that conversation. You know, it was more a matter of the heart blockage. And I've had that conversation. And all of a sudden, it was like the cars, the houses, the women, none of that was irrelevant anymore. It was like, wait a minute now. So you're telling me that if I don't change, I'm going to die? Then you start thinking about things a little bit differently. You know, everybody wants to say that they wish they had more time. Well, when somebody tells you that your time is going to be limited, and you know that it's limited because you start feeling it. See, you had that same near-death experience when you actually recognize it, and you realize how close you are. And see, when you realize how close you are, and for me, it was like walking up a hill and realizing when I got to the top of the hill, it was a... And I'm realizing that at the time I was dating right. a girl, I was a doctor. So we realized what was happening. So I think at that moment in time, everything else was irrelevant yeah. because death was there. And I say to anybody that has ever actually want to understand what death is all about, here's a clear picture of it. Think about what it's like to wake up. And now you said 60 minutes, but I'm going to make it even easier. You have no minutes. And now you're looking at the fact that now you're in heaven and you're looking at this yard and god says to you out there are dreams that never get fulfilled so now you have one more shot at this fulfill your dreams so this is what i say to anybody think about that graveyard full of dreams that never got fulfilled because they never got a chance to because they were too focused on the wrong things absolutely absolutely and you know it'll it'll put things into perspective what's important in your life you know i i i feel so blessed that i get to do what i do being a voice actor and, and narrating these incredible books mm-hmm. and bringing Hal Elrod's words to life and, you know, all these incredible authors is, I personally would do it for free, but don't tell anybody. But, you know, when you, you know, I, <laughs> podcasting, I would do that for free. I really love it. You know, mm-hmm. um, coaching, I would do that for free. And it's just, it's amazing um, that you really can create your life. You really can design your life. And it, you get to choose what you want to do. You get to choose how much pain you want to live in your life. If you're doing something that's mm-hmm. painful and yet you're making money, but it's making you freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. You can, ch- I have some friends that are high powered attorneys, make a ton of money. And they're like, I just, I I'm done. I just don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and it's it's so important that you find your light and find your flow and find out what you really want to do. I'll come at it from even a different perspective. It's like find out what you don't want to do. Oh, I like that. Do. And a lot of people are doing what That's they don't want to do. A lot of people, oh my do. God, That's so many right. people. Like, you know, right. it's interesting about that is look at all the people that used to, I'm going to the office, I'm going to the office. You can't get anybody to go to the office mm-hmm. anymore. Like, they're like, I'm not going to the office. Right. I, I don't care. And this great resignation, that's right. This great resignation is just where we're headed at. Fundamentally speaking, there are more people that have figured out they have a hustle that they want yeah. to do. That's more rewarding than doing yeah. the nine to five. There are those that have become entrepreneurs because, unfortunately speaking, they've realized that job, making $100,000, they're doing more now making 50 than they were making a hundred. Yeah. That's been the big thing. 
just realizing what you don't want to do and realize why you don't want to do it. Because that's the big thing. I'm doing it for the money. Are you really? Or are you doing it because you have become, quote unquote, systematized to do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Darius, man, I, I just want to thank you for for being here today. And and I really enjoyed this conversation. If you want to reach out to Darius, all you need to do is hit him up at DariusRoss.com. And uh, you can find it, all the cool stuff that he is doing. And super cool guy. And I'm really thankful to have you here today. My pleasure, Mr. Atkins. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank and so thank much. you so much for taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen to the Living the Law of Action show. We so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me along my very special guests to touch your heart, move you, inspire you. Remember, take time out to breathe. Don't let fear stop you. Decide, plan, act. Live a life of massive, inspired action. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.